Hi everyone, welcome back to Chat Shit, Get Fit, Chatting Supplements. This is a series where we explore the vast world of health and fitness supplementation, giving you our thoughts and of course bringing you the latest scientific literature as well. This week we tackled the rather confusing world of multivitamins. We also take a closer look at some specific vitamins and minerals in vitamin D, vitamin B12 and iron. Basically we're going to take a look at what multivitamins actually are, do you need to be taking them? Is there any difference between differently priced products, i.e. absorption rates, ingredients, etc.? And you're also going to get to hear us try to pronounce some of the science terms you'll see on the back of a vitamin bottle and why it's important you know what they are. We also look at a rather interesting study that looks at vitamin D in taekwondo athletes, which leads us on to discussing taking it further and researching vitamin D in professional jousters and downhill cheese chasing athletes. It's a confusing world with lots of it depends and something you'll hear us say about 4,000 times this episode is any concerns, go and see your doctor. So let's get into this week's episode. Good evening, Tom. Good evening, mate. How are we doing? Bit tired, bit sore, but we'll uh, yeah. we'll persevere. We'll get we'll get through the podcast. I think tired because what have you been up to this week? Ah, oh, well, yesterday, as of this recording, I was at the uh, British Army Warrior Fitness Finals, where I did um, not so good. All I'm going to say is the reason for that was is because I've been putting so much time into this <laughs> into this podcast, all the research. Producing such great content, but no, on a serious note, it was it was a good competition. So you had to do like an online thing. I yeah. come top ten in that, and then I got invited to these finals, which was obviously another ten. Um, I think I came like yeah, I came ninth overall out of the ten, which isn't great, but it was to be expected. I, I didn't do much good preparation, um, which you know, ironically, we do a podcast about health and fitness, and I haven't been <laughs> taking good care of my health and fitness over the last four weeks. But no, it's good. I'm just a bit a bit sore now. To be fair, mate, looking at some of those events, they were absolutely horrendous. Mm. I mean, one of them was like what you were swimming, yeah. then afterwards you had to jump out of the pool, get changed straight into your combats, and off you went for a. Was that straight into a two kilometer, or was it? Or no, so you did. Um, you had to do a three hundred meter swim, which was yeah. twelve lengths, and then you had to jump out the pool. You put a t shirt on, you put your trainers straight on, and then you just ran a mile. See, that makes me feel uncomfortable because straight away I'm thinking of like soggy feet in socks running. I didn't put socks on. No one put socks on. Just put your trainers straight on. Oh, God, that is just like asking for blisters. That's making me feel uncomfortable. Do you know what worse as well, mate? It was a mixed terrain. So it wasn't road. It was all like off-road. So like the, the legs were just, oh, the energy was just sapping out of your out of your legs from obviously being off-road. And it had to be trainers. You couldn't like wear Crocs or... Crocs? Yeah. Did you see <laughs> that you video mean? I posted the other day of that guy doing like a marathon in Crocs? Why is everyone laughing? It's doable. Perhaps, you know, the, the committee of both can think about that in the future, where you do a sock and croc run. It's always in the pipeline. Don't give Dave Castro any ideas. But, uh, oh, fucking hell. <laughs> Are we even allowed to talk about Dave Castro? But, I mean, um, you, you, you say you feel like you could have done better, but there's always a, you know, a silver line in the cloud, isn't there? And I put up a poll this week, a little clip of you, uh, <laughs> you know, jumping out of the old swimming pool. And I said, like, who would you rather save? Who who would you rather have save you from a burning oil rig? Aquaman or Bill Gaylor? And you know what? All throughout the evening, you was actually drawing. You was actually drawing. So you both had seven votes at one point and you both had eight votes. But eventually you came on top of you. I think you actually came out with 60% of the vote. That's good to see. That's good to see. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't. I feel like there's a lot of um, blind faith in that one because uh, I definitely would rather have Aquaman save me. My swimming ability I'd is um, not great. 
I mean, look, to, to be honest with you, I don't mean to downplay it here, but, you know, like, I wasn't expecting that command to get any further than you, Bill, <laughs> to be honest with you. The thing, we spoke I, about it before, sure, we? Mate, perhaps, you would have, perhaps you would have lost a poll if we'd had, like, one of Aquaman's superiors instead of Aquaman. So if we'd had, like, Robin or someone like that, then maybe you would have lost to Robin. <laughs> Robin? Yeah. <laughs> Is that how low down Aquaman is? That he's, he's below Robin. Come on, we are scraping the bell here with Aquaman, aren't yeah. we, Bill? We are we like Robin them, or um, who was the, the? Do you remember Thunderbirds? Uh, Lady Penelope's chauffeur, her driver. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah, with the big eyebrows. Bit nonsy, Maybe wasn't he it? was in the pole. Yeah. Mm. Oh right. Yeah, he definitely needs his hard drive checking. <laughs> he looks a type, doesn't he? Yeah. I mean, oh dear. On. <laughs> anyway, um, speak, speaking of Aquaman, do you know why he's probably not up there? And he's probably one of the, the lesser, the lesser of the uh, the DC universe. I reckon it's because he's not taking his multivitamin supplements. He's not taking his vitality pills, is he? He's not. He's not taking he's his right. vitality pills. That seafood diet, you know, he's missing out a lot of uh, micronutrients. He is, he is. Uh, and hopefully he's listening today because that's what we're going to be talking about in the second episode of the supplement series, series and that is uh, multivitamins. Uh, and we're also going to touch on a couple of other little vitamins like vitamin D, vitamin B12 and the uh, mineral iron as well. So it's a jam-packed episode. Uh, we've had a few people ask about this actually. Um, a couple of people I know, they've sort of asked very specific questions about multivitamins which had me had to get my head into the uh, books for that and uh, yeah, Tom you were saying off air how complicated you found <laughs> this world do you know what I, I have to show you hold my hands up like in regards to training etc I know more than the average person I'd like to say you know just blowing smoke up my own ass there but when it comes to nutrition and stuff like micronutrients vitamins bioavailability etc it's something that I need to kind of catch up on in regards to the current evidence um, but yeah, vitamins in particular is a fucking complicated story, isn't it? It fucking is, mate. It honestly is. We've had to. Um, I know Tom, you spent what the last forty-eight hours balls deep in the Minecraft library trying to find them. Um, <laughs> I have, mate. <laughs> in between blowing up Stu McGill's archives, yep, I have been, <laughs> been looking into uh, vitamins, etc. I'm still, I'm still yet to get in that in that library. I need. I probably by the end of the series, I feel like I need to re-download Minecraft and get myself stuck in and have a look. Oh, yeah, all over it, mate, on the iPad, you know, just in between blowing up Stu McGill and doing my research. But, I mean, I said blowing up Stu McGill and not his research. I actually targeted specifically Stu McGill and I feel like to be seen as a threat. So I just want to clarify, I did not actually mean that. This is not a threat against Stu. I don't want to... Do you know what? We have to get a list back out, don't we? It's getting worse and worse the amount of people we're, you know, <laughs> burning bridges with. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, you know, just to clarify, in regards to this episode, it's not so much... Micronutrient, micronutrients, vitamins. We're talking about. It's more about the supplement of a, you know, mm. a multivitamin. So yeah, we're multi in this context, we're talking about multivitamin tablets and possibly the liquid version as well. Just a yeah, supplement yeah. vitamin, yeah. basically. Basically, what Aquaman has to pop down and get from his local boots in the Mariana Trench, wherever it's pronounced. <laughs> Mariana. The Marinara Trench. <laughs> Marinara Trench. Yeah, whatever it is. We'll start with basically what they are then. Um, people probably sort of have a basic understanding, but I'll give you something what the United States says. This is their official sort of outline of what a multivitamin is. So a multivitamin slash mineral supplement is defined as a supplement containing three or more vitamins and minerals that does not include herbs, hormones or drugs, where each vitamin and mineral is included at a dose below the tolerable upper intake level as determined by the Food and Drug Board and does not prevent a risk of adverse health effects. Um, and you'll often find multivitamins packaged in 
like little plastic containers or even glass containers if they're fancy and it will say things like A to Z multivitamin um, with around 24 of the essential um, vitamins and minerals per serving and that's that's like the basics and obviously as we go into it you'll see some of them like to add things or some of them don't like to add things for certain reasons. Usually you could give me like a solid capsule but you could also get like a, like a jelly form as well. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll come on to the jellies. I think yeah. uh, it's a friend of ours who's got, um, he has like the personalised nourished ones, which we are going to talk I about later friends. on the podcast. Yeah. Got, <laughs> but um, yeah, so <laughs> you, get, you get all sorts of them out there now. Uh, but if we if we break down a vitamin even further then, so we've kind of given you a basic definition of what one it is. You've, you've got, so if we actually go right deep into it, you've got water-soluble vitamins and then you've got fat-soluble vitamins. So basically, a water-soluble vitamin kind of gives it away. These can dissolve in water um, and they don't usually accumulate in the body. So what that means is that you can have quite a large amount, even up to the, you know, even above and beyond what's recommended, like the higher tolerable amounts, and you normally be okay because you just piss it out, basically, if you have too much of it. Normally, it's things like, yeah, B vitamins, vitamin C. So when you get to toxic levels, it's quite hard to do because your body will just get rid of it and it dissolves in water. So that's quite good. Um, but if you do take them, you know, in serious excess, it can cause havoc inside. So things like diarrhea, sickness, all the usual symptoms and stuff of, of an overdose of pretty much anything, I would have thought. Um, yeah. And then you've got fat-soluble vitamins. So these ones are a little bit harder. So they actually accumulate in the body. Um, and these are things like vitamins A, D, E, and K. So once again, you can obviously have a lot of them. But because they're not water-soluble and you piss them out, if you have like a, a large, large amount, you can probably feel quite sick. Um, yeah. But once again, I mean, I've not I've not heard of anyone really overdosing on vitamin K or I, I mean, it's, you, it, you struggle enough to get people to have fucking vegetables in the first place. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. <laughs> so, um, I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, the poison is in the toxicity. Sorry, the toxicity is in the, the dose day. here. Yeah. I, I completely fucked yeah. it up there. You could tell how nervous I am talking about this subject. Uh, you, you still can take too much. But in certain certain things, like, yeah, like, as you kind of said, like a water soluble, etc., it's a lot harder to kind of bloody do that, I'm assuming. And I'm assuming now, I'm not 100% sure. But things like, because uh, any day vitamins are important, it should go about saying, I mean, you know, things like scurvy, etc. is still a thing for people that are deficient in some vitamins. But at the end of the day, you can have side effects if you have way too much of certain things. So like things like, yeah, vitamin D, etc. But we'll go more on to that later on, yeah. I feel like the reason... Well, as we'll, we'll come on to more anyway, is that the reason people seem to get to those high levels is when they're already having a well-balanced, healthy diet and then they decide to have multivitamins anyway. And because of that, yeah. you'll then get in, you've already got 100% plus from your normal diet and then you're taking another 100% plus from your tablet, which yeah. is then putting you up and above. And that we'll come on to more of that. But that's basically why that's normally the case which happens. If you're having like just a normal diet, it's very hard to do because you'd have to eat a lot, a lot of um, fruit and veg. I think like... Um... For those that kind of get like their vitamins for a balanced diet anyway, you know, having lots of kind of like fruits and veggies, etc. I understand some people take a multivitamin because they think, well, I'm just going to take it as a blanket to miss anything that I might not have got already. But just because you might be making up for a certain vitamin you might not be getting for your diet already, you increase the amount that you're getting from natural food sources anyway. So it's, it's, it's a hard thing to kind of balance. Yeah. Especially if you're doing it chronically, constantly, all the time as well. And I think that's why before we go any further, I just want to 
sort of make a statement of if you've got any concerns about any deficiency in any vitamins or minerals, the first thing you should do is probably go see a doctor, like a medical professional, yeah, speak before to you go your any doctor. further. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we're, we're going to tell you some stuff now, but me or Tom, we're not doctors. Um, you know, so we, 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 can't, we can't say you need to take this sort of thing. We can recommend stuff and advise stuff, but we can't tell you to. And that's why if you do feel like you need something, go and see a doctor first because they'll be able to tell you. They'll be able to, you know, tell you if you are actually deficient or not. So like, I feel like I should make like a joke here, you know, like I'm a doctor in something, but I'm not even going to fuck about. I'm just going to say <laughs> yeah. straight, you need to go to your doctor and not take what we're saying too hard here. Obviously, we could talk about the evidence, etc. But in the end, we don't know your individual circumstances, you know, your deficiencies. If you want to find out if you should be taking certain vitamin supplements, please, Jesus Christ, speak to your doctor. But as we established last week, they're very hard to get hold of. Tom's still not sure if he's alive. Have you found out if he's alive yet? Do you know what? You've just reminded me of something. <laughs> but um, I'm pretty sure I saw my GP in the gym I work at the other day and I kept on looking at him and he kept looking at me, but it's been so long since I saw him. I don't know if it was just look-alike or not. And then we had that awkward stare down where we was both... Was this like during normal working hours? Cheeky. They've been saying they, they've been saying they can't see patients and they're fucking he's in the gym doing bicep curls. Yeah. And he's... De- <laughs> <laughs> it was actually aerobics, but yeah. Um, of course it was. Oh, do you know what? I'd love that. I'd love to have a doctor that lifted, a GP that lifted. That would make me feel so much more confident in no, their I'm advice. Not, I'm trying to think of one. I mean, if you're if if by some stretch of the imagination there is a GP listening to this and you are hench as fuck, drop drop us an email. We'll have a snapshot and we'll um, yeah. The first person that comes to mind is Doctor Nadolski, who you can find on social media. He's an actual physician. He's actually an obesity doctor as well, who actually lifts and he actually he actually calls himself Docs That Lift. We need more oh, of that nice. in the UK. We need, yeah, we, we need, need more of that. Yeah. 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 It'd also be good if in this country there was more PTs that lifted. <laughs> There's a shocking amount that don't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I've mentioned water soluble vitamins, fat soluble vitamins. The last one's minerals. So these are uh, inorganic elements. Uh, and similar to fat soluble, these can accumulate as well. So that you, you know, they if you have too much of them, they can get to toxic levels. And when I say too much, over obviously an extended period of time, it's okay. But I'm on about like an acute dose. Um, like if you had an acute dose of vitamin C, for example, there's less chance of it causing issues because your body would just probably piss it out within the hour. Whereas You're a fat soluble, it was chronic, yeah. constantly, yeah, yeah. So if you want to basically see more about um, these vitamins, so some of the fat soluble ones, some of the minerals, some of the uh, water soluble ones, if you go over to our show notes, I've got like a little list. There. I found some really good stuff. Um, it's from the National Institutes of Health Office of Dietary Supplements. Um, and they've got it's really good actually. They basically got like an entire page for pretty much each vitamin, um, a mineral, and they basically it's it's actually made for uh, medical professionals so they can kind of get up to date and understand each individual vitamin. So if someone comes and saying I think I'm deficient in vitamin A, they can pull up this page and it'll be literally everything they need to know about it, like symptoms and signs, you know what things are in there, what you should do, how much you should be having. Uh, uh, specific conditions for certain populations and stuff so it's a really it's a really good sources so if you do want to check them out if you can look in the uh, show notes there'll be uh, links to all that as well as all the other data that we've looked at today so so as you move on Tom what's our exposure to multivitamins so I'd probably say that most of us including me and you probably don't need a multivitamin per se due to having adequate amounts in our diet um, especially obviously you and me are quite conscious of our health and fitness um, because we'd, we'd, like, we'd like to say we're quite <laughs> we'd, we'd like to say that we have quite balanced <laughs> diets so I feel like I should drink this below here now <laughs> what flavour is that? this is lime 
Lime. I've come home to this and just found it in the fridge. That's quite nice. Is there any vitamins and minerals in that Pepsi Max, Tom? Well, it says lime flavoured. So what's in lime? What's that, vitamin C? I don't think there's anything. Is there anything in lime? We don't even eat limes, do we? Lime's more of a garnish, isn't it? Right, Alexa. <laughs> um, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure there's no, you know, nutrients in a Pepsi Max, even with lime. Just a pleasure of taste. Just a pleasure of taste. Yeah. We are um, an evidence-based podcast. But yeah, so like me and Tom, apart from his Pepsi Max um, addiction by the looks of it, uh, we, you probably won't need to supplement with a multivitamin, but as we'll come on to more, there are going to be some vitamins and minerals that potentially could be worth doing, um, as, as I said, as we'll come on to. Uh, so just to clarify real quick, um, I used to take multivitamins for the exact reason that I said before, which was that I used to use it as a, a blanket. I used to use it as a blanket. So I used to think, oh, there's probably something. I didn't, even, I didn't put any actual thought into it. I just thought, oh, well, there's probably something I'm missing in my diet. So this is just going to kind of like cover all areas, basically. I'm just going to blanket uh, blanket bomb it. But um, yeah, now I just I just tend to get my micronutrients through a balanced diet. I feel like the argument for sort of gen pop, so to put it, is like they're probably asking themselves, is there any harm in taking one? Because you can get like a 90-day supply of like fiber of my protein. And if you saw that, you'd be thinking, oh, well, I might as well just cover all bases. I might as well you know, just get one. Um, uh, so really, that's kind of what we're going to look into because I can see that argument. If it is that cheap um, and people were telling you, you know, you need to eat, you know, eat your fruit and veg, blah, blah, blah. It sounded so convenient because we are quite a lazy uh, society in the West anyway. So if someone tells you, oh, you can get all the minerals and vitamins you need uh, in yeah. a pill, Instead of having, you know, a plate full of broccoli or, you know, all the different fruit and veg you can get, then, yeah, I can see why that that's a thing. Um, and for most people out there, though, there won't be really a risk of hitting the upper limits. Uh, the issue, as I said before, is when you're having an adequate balanced diet and then you're supplementing on top or you're eating foods which have got it fortified in. Because a lot of foods now have got fortified vitamins and minerals in. And that's when you get to the risks of hitting those uh, those upper limits. Uh, yeah. I just want a quick, a quick important note here, though. So in regards to children or uh, someone who's pregnant, we'd uh, even more strongly recommend consulting a doctor before consuming any vitamin supplement due to doses being more complicated. So the general pop doses you'll see on the back of a tablet or online is normally for the average person. But when it comes to children uh, and you know someone who's pregnant, things get quite complicated. So definitely 100% <laughs> go, and see, um, go and see a doctor before you even bother with any of, any of this stuff. Yeah, we're going to keep stressing that throughout this episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. There are certain populations where like, you know, the, the dose might be different so yeah as you said like kind of people that may be pregnant etc in fact you can actually go on to so the nhs does have like a kind of a guideline where it talks about different populations etc so there's always that you can go to but once again this needs to be done on like an individual basis in which case i'd say go to your doctor and this uh, this also goes for uh, medication so if you're on a medication there are actually certain vitamins and stuff which can uh, interact so vitamin k for example interacts with certain antibiotics and blood thinners so it's like a lot of people are it's not uncommon for people to be when they get older to be on blood thinners um and if they're having large amounts of vitamin k that can cause obviously a lot of issues with that so you need to be once again be careful if you are on any medication see a doctor again basically just turn this off and go see a doctor it's probably what i'd say um yeah fuck the podcast <laughs> off <laughs> fuck this fuck this off go see a gp um or maybe tom maybe we can quickly print off a doctorate you get them quite easy now online can't you yeah i could become a doctor in something maybe like an astrology or something <laughs> like or palm reading yeah palm reading well you could you could become like a you can become like an ordained vicar can't you online 
You can, yeah. yeah, yeah. So technically, I could, in, in the space of 10 minutes, I could actually become qualified to marry people. Mate, well, I imagine that'd be a good episode, wouldn't it? Marry that someone live be. on the Can podcast. Can we get like, a random guest on and just like accidentally ma- marry people off without, you know, without them even knowing? <laughs> I'm like, look, it's that? the law now. <laughs> I'm a doctor in marriage. <laughs> doctor. <Fuck it> is. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. I'm a doctor in tomfoolery. <laughs> no pun intended. Doctor in panology. Well, that sounds like a legit thing. Did you like that? That was good. I enjoyed panology. that. Panology. Um, if we if we go back to that five pound bargain price mentioned earlier of the uh, multivitamins, so what we're going to sort of look at now is are they all created equal? Because if you look online, there's you know a mass array of multivitamins. Some five pound, like I said, but some going up to twenty, thirty pound for a bottle. And you might be thinking, but yeah, well, like, why is why is there such a difference? Um, and really, what what we can see is the ingredients list. That's basically reveals whether it's worth the increased price tag or not. So most pills will contain a mixture of natural and synthetic uh, vitamins and minerals. Don't be alarmed at the word synthetic. A lot of people seem to get like hard-ons over the word uh, yeah, synthetic or artificial and things like that. Uh, but you know, this is a multi-billion dollar industry. They've spent a lot of money on making sure that these synthetic vitamins and minerals are very, very good. Uh, obviously, some of them are, some aren't, but they've spent a lot of money on making sure they work. Otherwise, what would be the point? You know, they... <laughs> But... Sorry, Tom. Got gas. <laughs> oh, God. Are we keeping that in the podcast? <laughs> I don't know. I can't breathe. <laughs> you all right? Do you, do, do you need a multivitamin? <laughs> I think I need a multivitamin. I've just lost it there. I had a massive laugh. I, I thought like I was about to burp then. Right. <laughs> Compose myself. Three, two, one. Back in the room. Right. Okay. What I was saying was, we said this. <laughs> This is why we need to do this live more. We need to get more people on the podcast live because that that'd be that'd be brilliant to, to see. In the Quick, thing. where's the hat? <laughs> where's the hat? Yeah, right. Anyway, as I was saying, so so these synthetic ones don't be alarmed. A lot they've been made so that they can be absorbed by the body, just as good as some of the natural ones, and um, even so, in some cases, actually even better. Because obviously, if it's synthetic, they can obviously do things with it to change it. Whereas if it's natural, that's natural. You can't do anything to it. If you change it, it's then synthetic, isn't it? So mm. there are some good ones out there. One exception, though, is vitamin E. So the natural form, bear me some more, more pronunciation. If you were with us last week and you heard my uh, amino acid, amino acid uh, oh, good, take, yeah. right? Go on, Bill, so give it an attempt. The, na- the natural form is D-alpha tocopherols, I think. Taco, feral tacos, yep. Got it. <laughs> feral, no. D-alpha tocopherols. And these are absorbed and utilised twice as well as the synthetic forms. So this is that. this is a case where... It is better to get the natural version. Um, and the synthetic one is denoted... See, this is where it gets quite fucking cheeky, actually, because it's very similar. So the synthetic one is D-I-alpha-tocopherol. So all the only difference is, instead of it being just D, it's D-I. So to our listeners, do you see now why we said at the beginning that it's bloody confusing? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and the cheap version I mentioned, the £5 one, that does indeed contain the synthetic version of vitamin E. So it's not being absorbed as well as it could be by the body. And that's obviously because it's cheaper to get the synthetic one than it is the natural. Yeah. Um, so what I did do is I wanted to have a little comparison. So what I did, I compared the £5 multivitamin to a £28 one. Uh, and this one was uh, quite looked pretty good, looked pretty fancy, had loads of um, buzzwords on there. And it's definitely clear the cheap one used fillers. 
So it had loads of bulking agents and stuff, and it had less of the absorbable versions of the vitamins and minerals. Um, there are also other things like underdosing. So for example, vitamin D, which we're going to come on to anyway, the £5 one had 400 international units or IU, uh, and the more expensive one comes with 2,000 international units. Now, we'll come on to more with vitamin D, but with the 400 one, yes, that is the recommended amount, but you have to bear in mind where you're living, your sort of, you know, your skin type, uh, how much you actually go outside. That's the bare minimum. Mm. Whereas two thousand is going to be, you know, hitting that, hitting a good, you know, a good spot. As you, as Tom's going to come on to, we talk vitamin D. We've got loads of data on, you know, the importance of getting a good enough amount of uh, vitamin D. Yeah, um, especially when you live in the Britain. If you live in Britain, um, it's pretty much one of those ones. Not only that, but also your job role. So if you worked a night shift. You know, you yeah, spend the daytime know. sleeping <laughs> and, you know, the nighttime is the only time you actually leave the house, then yeah, possibly you're going to be, once again, check with your doctor, but chances are you're possibly going to be, you know, deficient in vitamin D. And, you know, we don't, you know, even with global warming, even in the UK, like when do we get sun? Yeah. Very, very rarely. So possibly in the winter you maybe want to, supplement of vitamin d etc but yeah. once again it's so context dependent you we can't just say to people oh you should probably supplement because it depends on so many different factors this is why once again i'm going to keep fucking saying it see your doctor because by it this episode, depends Tom, on the individual we need to get a doctor mate by the end of the episode please get that sorted out by the end of this episode i'm hoping that the listeners will go yeah do you know what i should probably go and see a doctor we've <laughs> not seen one for years <laughs> yeah or to be honest with you, I'm hoping our listeners come away from this episode going, Joe, I'm probably just going to eat more fruits and vegetables. I'm probably just going to have a massive bowl of Cheerios. Mm. <laughs> to be fair, mate, they're fortified to fuck them, aren't they? Do you know what? That's another buzzword. And that is fortified. A lot of foods are fortified with micronutrients. One of those being cereals. I'd be interested to see what fucking vitamin E they use if they put vitamin E in there. Oh, yeah. Alexa, how many vitamin E's are in... Frosties, <laughs> mate, mate, maybe, mate. When you get your knockoff, your knockoff Audi Cheerios, they've got the synthetic of it, mini, and maybe the the, the full branded Cheerios. Um, oh, they God, have yeah. uh, the natural. Get form. your own brand Audi ones. Oh, <laughs> oh leave me out. <laughs> Cardboard. Um, but no, there are there are some more interesting comparisons with these with the cheap one and the more expensive one. This is more interesting. The fact that they actually um, there's the emission of certain things. So in the more expensive one, they don't have iron or copper. Claiming iron or copper excess can contribute to chronic health problems. They also emit potassium, calcium, magnesium, uh, known as macro minerals, because they're required yeah. in large doses. So what they actually say is that it's impossible to fit the amounts required into a single tablet. So most 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 multivitamin <laughs> most multivitamins so well. <laughs> it's rather a nightmare. It's, I'm still fucked from yesterday, man. That's why. Most multivitamins can right. You know what? I'm, I'm sacking it. I'm going to bed. <laughs> Aquaman would be able to pronounce it. Don't bring Aquaman into this. Whilst no, under water as well. Basically, right, you know, fuck this. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> what these? What these expensive? Um, I don't know. What would you call them? I reckon we should call this the Tory tablet. Makes more sense, doesn't it? The Tory you, tablet. You've got the Tory body, and you've got the Labour body, then, right? Okay, so. If we look, of course, in Havoc here, I'm going to get loads of hate mail now. So you've got the Tory multivitamin, which is the more expensive one. And they basically say that the cheaper ones contain meaningless amounts of these macro minerals. Uh, and to be fair, they're actually right, because if you look at the £5 one, it's got trivial amounts 
in the ones I just mentioned, you know, the uh, magnesium, calcium, yeah. potassium, they've got like 20% of the RDA in there because if they put the full amount you need, it's too big. You'll like, be swallowing a fucking... It would know. be like a horse tablet. Yeah, exactly. It'll be so massive. They've, so they've took, taken them out because they've said, what's the fucking point? You're just putting buzzwords on a packet, which is fair enough. And then also iron and calcium, they, they conflict. So they actually hinder the absorption of each other. So that's another reason yeah. why they've just taken them up because they thought, well, most people get enough calcium anyway because of things like milk and if you have leafy veg and stuff. This is the thing is like some micronutrients will bounce off of each other, but others might interfere with each other as well. So once again, this is why it's bloody highly individualized. I don't think we actually mentioned that in the podcast, but yeah, straight away, just want to nip that in the bud. Yeah. So yeah, really important point there, mate. So really between them two, I mean... We always talk about branding and stuff with supplements saying, is it all smoke and mirrors with advertising? But in this case, it does appear that the, the cheaper versions are actually inferior in terms of the ingredient list and uh, the way they use it. I mean, they've just put as much as they can in there to fill the fill the ingredient list. Yeah. But they've used the cheaper versions, bulking agents. Uh, and this, this other one has gone, now we'll take some stuff out, but we've given you reasons why. And we've used the best available ingredients in the multivitamin. Well, I still wouldn't pay that much money for a multivitamin, as we'll come on to anyway, but it's, it's there is differences, basically. You know, if you buy a cheaper one, you are getting a lesser product on paper. Yeah. But yeah, once again, if you are concerned about a certain deficiency, I'd probably, as we said, go see a doctor. Uh, but you're probably better <laughs> off getting a supplement for that particular deficiency instead of getting a broad-spectrum multivitamin. Um, so if you, are, if you are deficient in vitamin A... As Tom said earlier, don't buy all of them because then you might be overdoing it on some of the other ones. Whereas if you just need A, yeah. buy an A tablet or see what food actually fucking has A in it and eat more of that food, which would be the gold standard. I mean, realistically, we'd just rather promote people to have a more balanced uh, diet with lots of variety. Obviously, try and eat your fruit and veggies. But, but as we've mentioned on previous episodes, there are socioeconomic factors that might make that harder you know, it's a lot easier to say than to actually do it. So we do understand that, you know, for some populations, it's a bit harder to kind of have a more nutritious diet or you live in an environment which doesn't tend to, you know, help you in that regard. But yeah, if you if you can, then we'd rather you get it through just a variety of food. Uh, there's, there's a few other issues as well I've got with multivitamins in general, and that is, as we just said about food, the relationship with food. So I I can, you can see it's quite damaging. So, I mean, I don't know if you mentioned it at the start, Tom, but there's that this sort of phrase I like to think of is, oh, I've just, I've popped one now, so I ain't got to worry for the rest of the day. I've got my vitamins in. I can eat what I want now. I can have kebabs for the rest of the day, pizza for the rest of the day. I've not got to worry about my fruit and veg because I've popped a tablet in the morning, you know? So I remember reading the show notes and I actually remember texting you because you mentioned that and I actually have seen that firsthand. And you know what? We've actually got a past episode on this and that's an episode on if IFFYM. If, nope. I I F Y M if it fits if your it macros. Fits your macros, yeah. Yeah, one of those. Where basically, <laughs> now you have to kind of go back to that episode to hear the context of it. But basically, it's like it doesn't matter what you eat, as long as you eat within your your calorie and macro goals. Now, for most people, that's hopefully going to be balanced. But you do get some outliers where they just try and fit as much junk food and hyper processed, hyper palatable foods into their you know goals as much as possible and i have seen it where people like the outliers that do that where they just hit their calorie goal by eating nothing but absolute processed shit but then they think they're going to be okay because they take a multivitamin on top of that so i have seen that personally 
I've seen it on online groups as well, uh, if it fits your macros groups. So yeah, that is totally a thing to kind of be concerned about as well. And we just know that isn't the case because at the end of the day, we're not just talking about vitamins here, micronutrients. We're also talking about things like the fiber content, satiety, etc. Now, the thing is, when it comes to... I think we're going to kind of go more into this later on, aren't we? But in regards to vitamins or micronutrients, do they aid in health? Sure. But they're not the be-all, end-all when it comes to health. Health is multifactorial. Mm-hmm. And it isn't always to do with nutrition. You know, it's also to do with your behavior and other things. Yeah. Uh, another thing as well that I'm not too keen on is the supplement industry as a whole isn't very well regulated. And because uh, of this, yes. because of this, if you look on certain products, you'll see loads of buzzwords. I've got a couple written down here. It's like high potency, stress formula, laboratory approved. Um, and these can be banged on without much scientific proof. So they don't have, they don't have to provide anything before they it's put like it on. It's like high potency, is it? Well, yeah. Yeah, is it? Says right. who? <laughs> yeah, says who, yeah. You guys. Not... Exactly. Um, and that that's another reason why I'm a bit like, mm, okay, but that is when it does become more smoke and mirrors because they can put huge buzzwords on these packets, which mean yeah. nothing. There's also been a rise in, as I mentioned at the start, of these very expensive tailor-made um, gummy slash jelly multivitamins. Um, for example, the one I mentioned at the start was Nourished. Now, there's no doubt it's probably a really premium product. They've got very high absorption rates from what I've seen. It's all very high-end ingredients, but... Uh, it's £30 for 28 gummies. So that's a month's supply for £30. I mean, I will just fucking say eat a more balanced diet for fuck's sake. Why would you Why would you spend that much money on a... It just this seems a bit is, uh, excessive. This is, this is first world problem spending. <laughs> this is, no, this is Tom. This is proper Tory, this. Yeah, <laughs> so, uh, it is. Problem, yeah. The other one's been relegated to Labour. The other one's gone down to Lib Dems. This one's now the Tory the, one. The, the, the Labour version is the ones that you combine Sports Direct, yeah. where it's just filled with loads of um, lo- loads of bulking agents. <laughs> Bulk where to get to get the recommended RDA that it says on the label, you have to take five pills. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's not even a joke either. <laughs> if you've ever seen the supplements in Sports Direct. By the way, Bill, we're not getting sponsored by Sports Direct. That's, that's nipped in the bud, I'm afraid. Um, <laughs> I don't know, we might get like a massive mug out of it. You know, those big coffee teacups they do. It's fucking, wherever it, if you spill your tea out of that, you take out half a village in Southeast Asia. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <a village. laughs> have you ever seen the size of those? Cups? Yeah, I've seen They're this. Fucking yeah, you used to have a lot, but you used to have one, didn't you? God, Jim, yeah. We did, didn't we, in the staff yeah. room? It took up mm. half the cupboard. Yeah. There you go. You've got to put that in the YouTube snippet. Just a picture. Yeah, massive mugs. Mug. Yeah, taking out a southeast village. <laughs> have you noticed with Sports Direct? Wait, they're very when you get when you get when they sponsor people. We'd have to change our podcast to the Sports Direct Chat Get Fit Podcast. Yeah. We'd have to change the <laughs> Can you imagine that? Just our logo changes to like it's, it's like literally just, their, their logo. Yeah, just all wearing carry more. <laughs> every episode. Yeah, every episode wearing carry more. Yeah. God, and Lonsdale trousers. <laughs> You'll have to do that. I'd, I'd have to take my photos down and put them, you know, the bags for life they try and flog you. The <laughs> yeah. fucking massive ones just hanging up behind me. I'd <laughs> be guarded at size those. Do you know what? In hindsight, I wouldn't mind getting sponsored by Sports Direct now. Yeah, you get some great stuff from them, yeah. Uh, but yeah, what the fuck was we talking about before? Um, uh, yeah, in regard. It's, do you know what though? In regards to like uh, that company you just mentioned where they're doing like really expensive, tailored, customized gummies. I think it kind of goes hand in hand with a lot of like these these buzz supplements that are appearing at the moment. So you get like IV vitamin drips as well and stuff like that. It just seems to be like a 
the, the, the current thing. It's like, yeah, absolute first world. I'm going to buy this for the sake of it. When realistically, it's not really having like a clinically significant impact unless you are actually deficient in it. Yeah, and I understand. Like, if you look at their stuff, they go about, oh, you know, the absorption rate's really, really good. It's like, well, if you're having a balanced diet anyway, there's not going to be any issues anyway with your absorption or anything like that because you you should be <laughs> fine. Like, it's, uh, it's, <laughs> it's you know, like how you're saying, oh, it's such a Tory thing, and it, you know, I'm saying like, oh, it's such a first world problem yeah. thing. This reminds me of like uh, the conspiracy theories of like old rich men drinking the blood of virgins to stay invigorated. <laughs> I don't know why that's what it reminds me of <laughs> brilliant there you go another thing to put on the YouTube snippet I know yeah I think the last 10 minutes is going to go on YouTube at this rate vampires and sports direct what do they have in common you go listen to the episode <laughs> before we move on to vitamin D I've got a couple of uh, sort of big papers here on multivitamins I'll say a couple of big papers one of them's inside another one so we've got a, a pretty fucking whopper here it's uh, the effects of nutritional supplements and dietary interventions on cardiovascular outcomes and this was a, an umbrella review and evidence map and inside of this we had a meta-analysis of 24 interventions in 277 trials, uh, which were conducted and published in the Annals of Internal Medicine. Now, this is also in the show notes. It's a bit of a beast. Um, so you just listen to what we say now and probably don't read that. And <laughs> how many participants are in this in total? One million. So that's quite chunky, ain't it? Yeah, it's quite chunky. It's not small. <laughs> um, so th- I basically just sort of concluded. So the study generally concluded that the vast majority of multivitamins had no significant effect on survival or heart attack risk. Uh, this analysis also supports the results of two early 2018 studies that found no conclusive benefits from multivitamins for healthy adults. Uh, you can see the show notes. Here. So the key thing I want to say is in healthy adults. So if you're a healthy adult, well-balanced diet, this is what I'm saying. There should be no issues. Obviously, yeah. as you said, if there's other sort of underlying health factors, it's different. But these, this paper looks pretty much, you know, it concluded if you're healthy, there should be no issues at all uh, in terms of health. So I said, do you want to have a look at that? You can have a look at the show notes, but it is a bit of a beast. But it was just good to find it. I mean, it's a, that's a very large um, <laughs> large amount of participants, which yeah. it's not, it's not, it's not, um, it's not very common to see. Once again, health is multifactorial. A multivitamin isn't going to save you. And if you're already relatively healthy in the first place, you know, you're not really going to notice anything clinically significant except a lighter wallet. So if we move on to vitamin D then, so this is uh, what we're going to go into more specifics on a few different vitamins and minerals. So this is the supplement which people normally associate with the sun. Um, uh, and if you live in the UK, you probably hear people banging on about a lot because we get about two hours of sun a year. So um, as you can imagine, vitamin D is normally lacking, but it is really important that we do get it because it can help regulate things like calcium uh, and phosphate as well, which are obviously really important. And those nutrients in particular are good for bones, teeth, which you probably everyone probably knows about and stuff like that. So, yeah. uh, so according to the NHS, which National Health Service in uh, the UK, if you're unaware, from about April till September, it said that here in the UK, we should get enough sunlight to make all the vitamin D we need. But of course, it's context dependent. As Tom said earlier, if you're a night shift worker, um, April till September is irrelevant because you'll be, in t- you'll be when you are working, it's uh, night. So there is absolutely no fucking sun. Um, but for the general person who works a day shift, April till September should be enough. But once again, it, that's going to depend, isn't it? I think it's a pretty broad statement to make. Uh, 
And then between October and March, it said that we struggle to make enough vitamin D from sunlight, so we need to get it in via our diet. Um, there's a few foods which have decent amounts of vitamin D in, um, but hence it's more commonly fortified in, in foods. So when you normally get stuff, it is normally like, added in afterwards because I said, yeah. there's not too many foods. Um, and if they do have it, it's not like a substantial amount anyway. Yeah. But see, this is why when people start panicking over processed foods, we're, we've got to talk about what we do we mean in the context of processed foods. We talk about hyperpalatable Krispy Kreme donuts, or we talk about foods that have been processed in the sense that they've been fortified with things like vitamins. And that's kind of like irrelevant to what we're talking about here. But, you know, it kind of goes to show that processed foods aren't always this inherently demonic thin that social media tends to promote. I mean, in regards to vitamin D as well, I think it's quite... Too... So once again, talk to your doctor about things like this. However, there's a big, big, big media relationship at the moment with COVID-19 and vitamin D. So I'm just going to I'm gonna quote what the NHS website says, and I'm just going to leave it at that. I'm not going to talk about it anymore. There have been some reports about vitamin D reducing the risk of coronavirus, COVID-19, but there is currently not enough evidence to support taking vitamin D solely to prevent or treat COVID-19. And I'm going to leave that there. But I think currently, during this time, it's important that I mention that because I know that there's a big thing about vitamin D and COVID at the moment. Leave it at that. As I said, uh, I'm leaving so it there. So the recommended amount, uh, COVID or not, is 400 international units per day, like I mentioned earlier. But most good supplements normally go for that two to 2,500 international units uh, a day. It's 10 milligrams, micrograms, sorry, the, yeah, micrograms. All the fucking units, carnage, isn't it? I know. Nearly. <laughs> the, the upper unit is 4,000 international units. So it's strongly recommended you not exceed this amount. I think it'd yeah. be quite difficult to do, especially if you're like in the UK or something uh, and you were just popping us up. I mean, how much is that in Minecraft blocks? No, I'll have to consult the library. <laughs> consult the library. Is there actually any people in there? <laughs> Whenever you go in there, do you actually see anyone else bouncing around? Yeah, mate. You know, fighting skeletons, riding spiders. And the science has never been so you just see You just see Brad Schofield just popping around the library. <laughs> yeah, like, we'll talk to him all the time. He's a little avatar. Put his latest paper you know, in like, like, Put his latest paper in there. Sorry about the fins I called you before, Brad. He's like, it's all right. Block. <laughs> <laughs> what, I, what I found here was quite interesting. So I've mentioned what the recommended amounts are, the amounts people normally sup and how much not to take. So there was a, pe- a pretty recent paper here, actually, which uh, gave some stats on the vitamin D deficiency sort of worldwide, which is quite, was quite a lot, actually. So uh, the title of this little section was Epidemiology. So vitamin D deficiency is a global public health issue. About 1 billion people worldwide have vitamin D deficiency, while 50% of the population has a vitamin D insufficiency. So that, you might be thinking, well, insufficiency, deficiency, what the fuck? There's like, the difference kind of is, is one's more minor. I think insufficiency is the one which is like a minor, like you're just a bit underneath, whereas deficiency means you're like, you're in shit state. You've got like none of it. You need you need more. You've got health risks. The other one just means you're a bit under what you should be having. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not going to, you, it's not going to cause you any massive issues, but you're better off getting a bit more in. So continuing on from that, then they said the prevalence of patients with vitamin D deficiency is highest in the elderly, obese patients, nursing home residents, and hospitalized patients, which makes sense if you think about it. People probably won't go outside as much. Uh, the prevalence of vitamin D deficiency was 30, 35% higher in obese subjects, irrespective of latitude and age. 
In the United States, about 50 to 60% of nursing home residents and hospitalised patients had vitamin D deficiency. Vitamin D deficiency may be related to populations who have higher skin melanin uh, content and use, who use extensive skin coverage, particularly in Middle Eastern countries. So I think that's all about the, obviously their religious dress they have in those sort of countries. So when they have like the headscarf and stuff, obviously that covers a lot of their skin. Yeah. I know in some of these countries, women, they have to pretty much be covered from fucking head to toe. So you're going to be getting like zero <laughs> zero sunlight. So in which case, supplement might be beneficial. But once again, hopefully for a balanced diet. Yeah, of course. Uh, and then in the United States, 47% of African-American infants and 56% of Caucasian infants have a vitamin D deficiency, while over 90% of infants in Iran, Turkey and in India have vitamin D deficiency. Now, I think in Iran, Turkey and India, I think that's down to diet, if I'm being honest. If you look at those sort of countries, they've got, like, if you look at India, they've got a lot of socioeconomic problems, I would say. Um, and I can imagine getting those well, foods honestly, in can't would be quite difficult. Mate. As I said, this is a fucking well, tricky <laughs> topic yeah. to talk about. But I mean, just looking at, from what I just said there, looking at the stat, 90% of infants, that kind of indicates that there is obviously an issue there. Uh, because I don't think getting sun there is a massive issue, I wouldn't have thought. I mean, I think it may also be to do with where you have naturally dark skin and because of that pigment yeah, absorb, that skin it? pigment it kind of it makes it hard to actually absorb from the sun so as I said once again it's all on an individual basis as well like it's it's it's, it's so there's so much context to this you know in regards to different populations to different individuals it's a bloody nightmare subject to talk about <laughs> or offer general advice to hence why Talk to your doctor. Then in the adult populations, it was 35% of adults in the United States are vitamin D deficient, whereas over 80% of adults in Pakistan, India, and Bangladesh are vitamin D deficient. So once again, a big difference there in the stats. Uh, in the United States, 61% of the LD population is vitamin D deficient, whereas 90% in Turkey, 96%, fucking hell, 96% in India, 72% in Pakistan, and 67% in Iran were vitamin D deficient. So you can see there globally there's obviously a big difference in the numbers but i think one thing to take away is that the numbers are high wherever you go bear in mind if you looked at the if you look at the united states's population uh even what what was the lowest one there 35 percent of adults that's millions and millions of people who are deficient in vitamin d which is obviously a big amount it's an issue especially we spoke about how important it is yeah now so it gets even more complicated even i'm like fucking oh, it's just getting carnage so you think vitamin D, great, okay, sweet, I'll just go get some more vitamin D. But then, you, then you're then approached with the issue of vitamin D2 and D3. And now you're like, yeah. fuck's sake, what, <laughs> what the fuck is different? Right, so here we go. Let's get into it. I hope you've got, you got a cup of tea ready or something like that, right? So D, D3 often comes from animal sources uh, and D2 is always from plants. Uh, there are vegan supplements, which will which will, can be D3. Um, and these are from lichen, I believe it is, yeah. So D3 from animals is normally from like sheep's wool. And then for the plant-based version is from lichen. I'm not sure on the price difference. There probably is an increase in the vegan one, I would have thought. Um, but then D2, as I said, is always from plants. So is there a difference between the two? If you look online, you'll probably see a complete mixed array of stuff. So two reports stated that D2 was less effective than D3. Then in 2008, a paper looked to see if this was legit because obviously there's all, science is always evolving. People were trying to counter each other's points and trying to see if it's still legit at this day and age. So uh, there was a randomized placebo-controlled double-blinded study of healthy adults aged 18 to 84 who received placebo 
1,000 international units of D3, 1,000 international units of D2, or 500 international vitamin D2 plus 500 international units of D3 daily for 11 weeks at the end of winter. So this is a time when, obviously, you're not going to get much from the sun anyway. Um, the results... 60% of the healthy adults were vitamin D deficient at the start of the study. Um, and then the ones who received the D2 and the D3 or a combination, basically it highlighted that they were just as effective in this paper. They were just as effective as each other um, and it didn't seem to make too much of a difference. But so you'd, you'd assume there from that paper, D2 is just equal. But then we go on again, obviously science evolves. So in, in 2012, we got a meta-analysis and a systematic review which looked again and it found this meta-analysis indicates that vitamin D3 is more efficacious. Oh, for fuck's sake. Why do they put these big words in? Right, is more... I'm just going to change the word, actually. I'm going to fucking misquote the study. So this meta-analysis indicates that vitamin D3 is better at raising... The, the, this is the science term, right? I'm not going to say this anymore, but serum 25 OHD concentrations. That means vitamin D levels, yeah? Okay. So vitamin D3 is better at raising... Uh, D levels than it is vitamin 2 and thus vitamin D3 could potentially become the preferred choice for supplementation. However, additional research is required to examine the metabolic pathways involved in oral and intramuscular administration of vitamin D and the effects across age, sex, ethnicity, which this review was unable to verify. Um, so yeah, and then we'll come on to you, Tom, because you found some more fucking shit on <laughs> the differences. Right. Because I need a fucking breather. <laughs> so basically, I actually kind of found this at the last minute, but on the Cochrane Library, there are some kind of papers to show that in regards to in regards to vitamin D, and when I say vitamin D, in this case, there's all different kinds. So with vitamin D3, it seemed to decrease mortality. mortality fuck, is this infectious, Bill? Right. <laughs> you Rewind. Vitamin D3 seem to decrease mortality in elderly people living independently or in institutional care. Vitamin D2, oh, oh God, Bill, I'm not going to be able to pronounce this, Alfasia Lidl and Calcitriol had no statistically significant beneficial effects on mortality. Vitamin D3 combined with calcium increased nephrolithiasis. Right, basically, look, let me just summarise this. Because of risks of attrition bias originating from substantial dropout of participants and of outcome reporting bias due to a number of trials not reporting on mortality, as well as a number of other weaknesses in our evidence, further placebo-controlled randomised trials seem warranted. So once again, it depends on the what kind of vitamin D you're taking, etc. And even then, like the evidence is so fucking muddied. Who knows? On paper, it kind of does lean towards D3 as a preferred choice. And if we bear in mind that when we get vitamin D from the sun, it is in the form of D3. So if you are supplementing what you're not getting from the sun, I mean, if you go from like a sort of common sense approach, you think, well, I want to supplement with the exact same or as close as possible. So maybe D3 would be the best one. Um, the reason D2 is used a lot, though, is because it is a lot cheaper to produce. And obviously, yeah. money is the king at the end of the day. So if these companies can get away with a cheaper version, uh, they will. Um but if you're looking at the back of a packet, Tom tried saying these two words earlier. I'm going to crack, so let's see if I can have a better go. <laughs> so as we said before, it's not they don't sometimes put D2 or D3. They'll put their fucking science term, which will be like, what the fuck that means? So D2 will be will be pronounced ergo calci efferol. Ergo calci efferol. And then D3 is coli, coli calci efferol. I think, I think he did I think quite well there. Right. 
I feel they're quite well. So basically, just think of it as the last bit will always be calcium ferrol, but then for D2, it's ergo at the start, and for D3, it's collie Mm. at the start. Yeah. So you just look out for that because if you look on the back, I've looked at a couple myself uh, before this episode, and they will just put vitamin D and then brackets, they'll put one of those words. They won't put D2 or D3. So you'll be like, what the fuck does that mean? They'll Um, put Alfredo or whatever it was. (laughs) (laughs) but it's a fucking this is a cut they they, they make it difficult these supplement companies don't they they're crafty little fuckers oh god it's a supplement industry in general it's a massive part of the fitness industry Um, in the day not even take into account just the health industry in general bloody big pharma before we move on to the uh, the next part guys i've got a bonus paper here for you tom so this is um this is about taekwondo athletes (laughs) okay right so oddly specific I know, it's great, isn't it? This paper is titled Correcting Vitamin D Insufficiency Improves Some But Not All Aspects of Physical Performance During Winter of Training to the in head. Taekwondo Athletes. Oh, it's Taekwondo, <laughs> right. isn't it? No, sorry, kicks to the head. This this sounds pretty mad, uh, but it basically it suggests in more, more extreme cases, so obviously of kicks winter head. training in Taekwondo Athletes, yeah, um, it can improve anaerobic power and muscular uh, strength. With that being said, though, there's more research needed in this area. Um and if we look at the sort of broader uh, spectrum of research out there, uh, correcting vitamin D insufficiency may improve immune function and reduce your incidence of illness, um, but it doesn't reliably result in performance improvements among athletes. So there's one paper which was fucking, I don't know, why would you even do that? It is just like oddly specific, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like they've walked into a taekwondo gym and gone. Oh, you know what? These lot are lacking a bit of vitamin D. Here. Yeah, maybe maybe it's a, a it's a fight club that only happens at night. Hmm. Yeah, but so yeah, they're maybe, all lacking yeah, in vitamin D. Maybe they were lacking, and they yeah they gave it to him. And they thought, fucking hell, they've they've got faster. These lot, they're fucking look at this, look at this. He's knocking <laughs> his head off. <laughs> oh. I feel like we should do a follow up to this paper. I'm really interested to see where this can go. Yeah. I want to see how powerful we can get. Type I, one I think we should do it in more D. obscure fins. More obscure yeah. fins. I mean, like we should do it in like horse. Like jockeys, oh yeah, jo- yeah, jockeys. Better one, jousting, jousting, yeah, jousting, <laughs> or the thing cheese that, like, four people in a bit. <gasps> the cheese rolling. Now, to be fair, they yeah. they must get a lot of vitamin D because they do that in the daytime. If they did it at night, it'd be yeah. absolute chaos. Can you imagine trying to chase a wheel of cheese down a hill at night in the dark? Be better though. All they got to do is put little LEDs or like little flashing LEDs around the cheese wheel, and people are just chasing these little flashing lights down there. Ten miles away, you could just see like it looks like a disco going on in the hills. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you accidentally awesome. crashing. You know, <laughs> I want to say you take a wrong turning at the whilst go uh, whilst going down the hill. But to be honest with you, I don't think you're really in control of what you're doing anyway. No, they're steep fucking hills, isn't yeah. they? Them cheese wheels. But oh, wait, take a wrong turning and crash into a pair of doggers in the woods. So we've got a couple more things of note here. So vitamin D was a big one because, as we said, that's something that's normally recommended that everybody supplement, especially in winter months uh, if you live in the UK. But it's obviously context dependent. So yeah, just go and see your GP, as we've said about 15,000 times in this episode. I'm probably just going to call this episode now, speak to your GP, and that'll be it. <laughs> yeah, we're not even going to link any show notes just straight to your GP. So first one up then is iron. So this is quite a um, another one that could be quite common in people being deficient. So And the symptoms that... Uh, 
could be included really are tiredness and lack of energy, shortness of breath, noticeable heartbeats, so heart palpitations, uh, pale skin. Uh, and as I mentioned earlier, things like calcium, tea and coffee and that can actually limit the absorption of iron. So if you are yeah. someone who smashes loads of tea and coffee or I don't know, you're guzzling gallons of milk or something, um, you could maybe be into this category of iron deficiency. So Quite it, a you common know. one, isn't it? Mm. Mm. According to the WHO, uh, World Health Organization, it particularly... Oh, I'm glad you clarified that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the band? I thought you was about band to ban out into Pimble Wizard. <laughs> <laughs> Pimble Wizard. Yeah, the band The Who reckon that Ida Fish is a massive global issue. Yeah. What does Roger think? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so the World Health Organization said it particularly affects young children and pregnant women. There's a bit of a running theme here that pregnant women seem to need extra care when it comes to any sort of supplementation. So if you listen to this and you are pregnant, Go see GP. <laughs> go see the who. Go see, yeah, go see the who. There's also a thing as well which um, points to that vegans slash vegetarians inherently lack iron due to not eating meat, which is quite a common thing to think because you, when people think of iron, they think of red meat, which is mm. a pretty normal societal norm. And we do live in a society. We do live in a society, Tom, you're right. That needs to be a t-shirt. Mm. Um, but, but there are two forms of dietary iron, Tom. So we've got uh, heme iron and non-heme iron. So as you run the theme of all these supplements and that, they've, they're fucking confusing. It's not as simple as one one word. There's loads. So heme iron is found only in meat, uh, poultry, seafood, you know, fish and stuff like that. So heme iron is the type of iron that comes from our animal products that you people normally have in their diet. So the normal omnivore diet, okay? Mm. And then you've got non-heme iron. So by contrast, this is found in plant-based foods like grains, beans, vegetables, fruits, nuts, seeds. But don't make the mistake that it's only in plants, which a lot of people do. So non-heme iron is actually in meat as well. Yeah. So I don't know if I wrote down the actual percentage here, but no, I didn't write the percentage down, but it also... Oh, actually, no. Wow. Okay. I did write down the thing. So You almost sound amazed that you've done your homework. I know. <laughs> I know. It's amazing, isn't it? it? It actually compromises more than half the iron contained. So in, in animal meat, there's more non-heme iron than there is heme iron. All I keep hearing is he-man. He-man? Yeah. <laughs> What you think your little steak, little He-Man pops out your steak? <laughs> yeah, I have the power, <laughs> as oh, you do. Dear. But to sort of put people's um, like worries to rest, like if you are a vegan, vegetarian, or something like that, what He-Man does absorb better. Yeah, you know, things do tend to go point to that. That's why vegetarians and stuff do tend to be more likely to be iron deficient. But if you are eating enough things. Like I mentioned earlier, like the grains, beans, vegetable fruits, nuts, seeds, etc. And a lot of the foods out there are fortified as we mentioned. Cheerios. Like most yeah, cereals, all fortified of iron. Lucky charms. The plant-based meats that you see, they've all got they're all fortified of iron, a lot of them, because of that one reason. They want to make sure people are getting enough fit in. Honey nut crunch. I'm just listing off my favourite cereals now. Might as well go B and M tomorrow. B and M, you get your cereal from B and M. Yeah, no, don't get own brand though, do I? Go get me Honey Nut Crunch. I was saying that, I tell you what, I know for a fact we're going to have some uh, B&M shoppers listening to this. B&M do their own brand of Lucky Charms called Mateys, and it's actually better than Lucky Charms. So there you go. Slowly, bit by bit, I'm helping out with socio-economic issues. Go get I think our American listeners might disagree, Tom. Oh, they can fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the email for our podcast is down in the show notes. If you do want to email in some hate, please do, and I'll be sure to pass it on to Tom. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> uh, but just to summarise uh, the iron thing there, as I said, lots of stuff's fortified in. Um, another little sort of hack 
as I call it, a little food hack. If you get uh, a lot of vitamin C in, this actually helps absorption of iron. So if you are conscious about it, make sure you get enough vitamin C in, um, which is you know common things like a lot of fruits and stuff. Uh, then yeah, your iron will absorb better, and you shouldn't run into these issues. But I'll give you some more examples of foods here, just to put your minds at rest. If you are sort of vegetarian, vegan, pulses like beans, lentils, peas, nuts, dried fruits such as raisins, dark green vegetables, so broccoli, spring greens, and stuff like that. Whole grains such as brown rice and brown bread. Bowl of and then there's loads of foods. Loads. Of, oh, fucking you and your fucking Cheerios. We're not going to get sponsored by Cheerios, Tom. All right, it's not happening. <laughs> One can dream. It's not <laughs> But yeah, just to, just to summarise that iron point, if you think you are iron deficient, guess what I'm going to tell you to go and do, Tom? Get a bowl of Cheerios. <laughs> go see your GP. <laughs> go see your GP. With a bowl of Cheerios. With a bowl of Cheerios. Sweet I'm trying, Doctor. I'm trying. <laughs> do you know what? I just want to apologise for telling, you know, our over the pond listeners to fuck off. Um, I'm just a bit bitter because at the end of the day, we have B&M over here, which is a big superstore. But you guys have things like Walgreens and Walmart, which I've been into before. You know, is a Walmart just Asda? Pretty much, but you can get like your iron from like things like Reese's peanut buttercup cereal, Pop Tart cereal, all these other cool, highly balanced nutritious cereals <laughs> that contain <laughs> iron. And I'm just, I'm just, I'm just jealous and bitter. So I apologise, guys. You know, if you do want to send me over some cereal, I'm, I'm, I'm welcome. I have seen it on YouTube before. I mean, we're, not, we're obviously not that big yet, but I've seen it on YouTube where people have actually sent like their favourite content creators like care packages from their country. You know, like food they have in their oh, own country. Oh, Jesus Christ. Don't give our addresses out. For God's sake, that's the last one we Can you imagine things we'll be getting sent? No, you do a PO, PO box, mate. Like It'll a box, like box of cat shit. Or something <laughs> like that. No, they'll send you an actual cat, mate. They'll send you a brand new cat. All I need is an overzealous fan. Do we have fans? I know we have listeners. I don't know if we actually have fans. But, you know, if we did have fans, the last thing I need is an overzealous fan sending me Stu McGill's little finger in a box. That's the, oh, that's a good that's the last thing we mate. want. Yeah. yeah. Stu McGill. Maybe they'll just send, maybe they'll just send you Stu McGill. <laughs> he just, just turns up in a, a box. Just a random ver- <laughs> Yeah. Kind of like a... <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine? He just pops out of the box like... Kind of like what? a... What, what, what do you get? Like the old tele... Not telegrams. Uh, yeah, it's a telegram. And they just like come up to your door and start saying happy birthday. <laughs> Can't think of anything worse, but yeah. Don't send streamer kill to my door, it's the last thing I need. If we move on to the last one then, which is B12. So this isn't much as an issue in omnivores. It's normally associated with um sort of the vegan world. Uh not as much vegetarian either, it's probably just the vegan world, I'd say. But this is because it's normally readily available in things like fish, meat, poultry, eggs, and dairy products. We're coming to why that is. So vitamin B12 is not made by plants or animals. So it's not like a cow doesn't make vitamin B12. They're not born and they're just like B12 fucking abundance of it. Uh, It's made by microorganisms, so like bacteria. And it actually used to be a point, I I don't know, you're quite old, Tom, you might remember these days, but um, you used to have to get B12 from your drinking water. Fucking hell, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's mad, yeah. But then when they regulated it and made it so they had to filter the fuck out of it and chlorinate it, it killed all the bacteria. Do you know what though, mate? The funny thing is, like, the first thing I think of when I think of B12, <laughs> like, the first thing I think of is actually monster energy drinks. Yeah, they that's, have loads of it. That's actually they? how horrendous my bias is towards B12. The first thing I think of is, yeah, monster energy drinks and then, like, pissing yellow afterwards. Yeah, mate, they have a lot of B12 in because, once again, B12 is a water-soluble um 
It's water soluble, yeah. I said earlier, which means you can piss it out. So if you look on the back of a package sometimes, they'll have like a thousand percent of your RDA in there. And then and when you, when you actually lot. pee it out, it's like a luminous green. It actually looks like a, a highlighter pen. Same with like those nourishment drinks as well. Yeah, I think that's just a monster. I don't think that's the B12, I think. I think, I think Wait, is there something wrong with me? <laughs> <laughs> it explained yeah. a lot but yeah it's no longer in our water though unfortunately which would have been a lot easier so yeah we can't get any more but it is a really important nutrient so meat contains b12 because animals accumulate the bacteria over the course of their lifetime so whether that's from the water they drink because they don't normally treat the water as well for the animals uh, and then for their feed like you they actually get supplemented themselves so the feed gets supplemented with b12 and then they eat it and then when you eat the meat you're getting the b12 supplement from them from their fucking flesh which is accumulated over time because they've just kept eating feed and stuff so your absolute disdain then yeah, it's middleman isn't it it's yeah. basically, they're basically middlemen for b12 supplementation aren't they? yeah That's basically they are. middle the middleman yeah. <laughs> but in this day and age though it's you know, B12 deficiency isn't like a massive issue for like the vegan population because it's pretty much fortified and everything. Because when it when veganism first became a thing, it was obviously uproar like, oh, they're all deficient. They're all going to fucking die. Yeah. So since then, every milk, every plant milk you get, every plant food you get, they're all supplemented with it. It's in. all fortified. So that, yeah, of course it is because, yeah, make sure everyone's fucking healthy, of course. So, mm. But you can get it in more natural things for like nutritional yeast, uh, which is if you are vegan, it's known as like the vegan crack it's like a cheese-like it's like a cheese-like thing which you can sprinkle over anything you want um, really that good yeah it's really good yeah it's really tasty yeah yeah very good but i'll give it a go <laughs> i can sprinkle i can sprinkle on my actual real cheese pizza <laughs> i'm fortifying it i wouldn't use it like that mate uh, but you actually could do no you know, you know what you probably could i'm fortifying my pizza yeah. also marmite if you're unaware marmite is yeast, yeast extract oh do you know what bill you're not a marmite eater are you I like a bit of Marmite. I mean, <gasps> this is it. This is the official civil war. This <laughs> is the chat war? shit get fit civil war. Yeah. Why don't you I'm like Marmite? Anti-Marmite. Why are you anti-Marmite? What's done to you? Well, it tastes like fucking tar. And it, it looks, looks like, like tar. tar. Yeah, but it doesn't taste... So that, that, you've just been... You have been tricked psychologically by the look of it. No. I've not been nosebowed against fucking... You have? How do you, how do you know what tar tastes like? Have you been down in the pavement licking tar or something or what? Well, yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm about thinking. that. <laughs> but I think Marmite's nice. You know what we need to do? We need to do, right, Tom, we need to do a poll. We're on doing Monday. a poll, aren't No, we'll we? do it on Tuesday because we'll give people like time to listen. We'll do it on Tuesday. We'll do a poll. Marmite. Okay, but I'm going to be blatantly xenophobic here and say we can't have, you know, Australia or New Zealand, anyone from that. So I'm sorry, Colleen, that means you take part in this because they're already naturally biased to vote for Marmite slash Vegemite because it's seen as like a, a national hero. Yeah, I think it's actually on the flag. If you actually zoom in on the flag for Australia and New Zealand, they both have, if you zoom in close enough, you actually see a little tub of Vegemite. Yeah, Vegemite. It was quite, I don't know what the difference is. I'll probably get hated for not knowing the difference. But Tom, let's make this interesting, mate. So on Tuesday, we'll do a little poll and whatever comes out on top. So if, if, if more people say yes, you've got to do a tablespoon of Marmite okay. on live on the podcast. You've got, to, you've got to eat a tablespoon of Marmite live on the podcast. And if more people say no, then I've got to do it. Because even I don't want to do a tablespoon of Marmite. Even I don't want to do oh, a I don't know, Matt. I mean, that sounds like I'm getting the worst end of the, of, the, of the deal here. I've got one. If more people say they like Marmite, then, you know, I'll have a spoonful. If more people say, uh, you know, they don't like Marmite, then uh, you've got to punch an animal to death. <laughs> what? Live. How is that fair? I want to see you strangle a chicken. 
You want to see me strangle a chicken? To a background song of my choice, which will also be a poll separately. <laughs> poll separately? <laughs> what song do you want to listen to while Bill strangles a chicken to death? <laughs> it's got to be Sinead O'Connor, isn't it? <laughs> but if you want, mate, I'll do two tablespoons then, just to make it worse, because that is pretty disgusting. Two full <laughs> tablespoons of Marmite is not nice. Oh, God. That'd be a good YouTube clip, though. Mm. Yeah, we'll get that going. So, guys, if you're not following us on Instagram, our Instagram's down in the uh, bio. Um, so, if you are listening to this, get involved. Get on our Instagrams and get involved in the poll that will come out Tuesday, Wednesday. Um, and, yeah, whoever, if more people say yes, then I feel like if people listen to this and they vote, because they know you don't like Marmite, they're going to just click um, yes anyway. They are. I love then it. we'll do a separate po- uh, poll for, you know, what song we listen to as Bill brutally slaughters an animal. I feel like we should move this on before we um, get cancelled by... Uh, what's that? I know. Hey, what, who are they called? I RSPCA. Upset a lot of people. RSPCA are going to be after us now. But as I said, we'll move on quickly. So as a, just to wrap up B12, as I said earlier, it's water-soluble, so you can consume large amounts of it. Um, but once again, consult a medical professional before you do supplement with it, because uh, as we said, everyone's different. Um, but it is cheap as well. So if you do feel like you are deficient, especially if you are like a vegan or something like that, then you can go on my protein uh, and they have like B12. And I think it was just under a five. It was like £4.70 or something. And that has more than enough B12. That was like what's yeah. percentage. It was it was more than 100% of your RDA. So there was plenty in there. So in this day and age, there shouldn't be an issue with uh, B12. So really to conclude that sort of minefield of a fucking episode, um, contact your GP. <laughs> just basically contact your GP the oh. thing is I would say look for the for the vast amount of the general population you won't need to you probably don't need to supplement mm. however on individual basis you might have deficiencies but the only way you're going to kind of know that apart from the obvious telltale signs such as yeah scurvy you know in case you do sail the high seas you know yeah. I mean uh, <laughs> yeah you're going to want to speak to your GP and see what they actually say your Herbal Life Nutrition Club should not be prescribing you yeah. specifically with what you should be taking micronutrient wise. Get a well balanced diet, whether you're you know veggie, vegan, omnivore, whatever. If you get if you get a nice you know balanced meal, you shouldn't you should negate any issues for like you needing a multivitamin. Apart from vitamin D, which we said, winter months probably if you like living somewhere like the UK, that's normally recommended that you do supplement it because of the the low amounts of sunlight we do get. And obviously, if you're a carnivore, then at this point, I, I don't know what to say to you. If 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 you're a carnivore and you've got this far into our podcast, like what what, what are you actually doing with your life? <laughs> what are you actually doing? There's plenty of evidence in Minecraft to tell you that you've gone down the wrong route. You've just got to go down the right corridor past the Ender Dragon. I like it. And on that fire breathing bombshell, oh that was a great ending. On that on the we'll uh, we'll call it we'll call it a week. Um, uh, <laughs> and basically uh, contact your GP contact your GP who hopefully is not a dragon but uh, next week on the supplement series well I say next week it might be the week after it depends if you've got any guests on but the next episode of the supplement series will be about creatine which is another, oh yeah it's a that's juicy gonna one that's going to be popular it's going to be a popular one that's going to be popular a lot of myths around creatine mm, there is there is a lot of myths around juice. it and a lot of, there's actually some benefits that some people may not even realise either yeah see what I'm doing there Bill I'm leading them on. I'm actually giving them the answer. I'm making them think, well, what is it, Tom? But I'm not telling them. I'm leading them into the next episode. We're also going to talk about the differences between creatine monohydrate and creapure. Why there's a oh, price difference. Yeah. yeah. What do you want? The, the ultra pure stuff? Basically, when I think of them two, I think of you've got your Colombian, 
your Colombian pure. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. And then you got your, then you get your stuff you get down from Terry from down the uh, down the alleyway. <laughs> Micronized creatine, isn't it? You can, can you can get yeah. But all this all this will be answered on the next episode of the supplement series. So uh, yeah, make sure you're subscribed because you won't want to miss that one. Uh, I mean, uh, creatine is it a gateway drug for your kids? Find out next week. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> oh dear! Right, pleasure, pleasure as always, uh, and I'll, I'll see you see you on the next one. See you later. As always, thanks for listening. As we alluded to at the end there, the next episode in this series will be about the wildly popular, highly researched supplement creatine. So to make sure you don't miss it, ensure you click on that little subscribe slash follow button on your podcast app so that when the next episode goes live, you're notified and can jump right in. Oh, and make sure you keep an eye on our Instagrams for that Marmite poll. I have total faith in you guys that you'll do the right thing and ensure we get some great video footage of Tom smashing some Marmite. We will see you next week. Same time, same place for a brand new episode. See you soon.